Anybody ever do that? Ooh, I'm loud today. Anybody drop anything out of their car like that? I've never, ever done that. So we're talking about letting things go today. And one of the things I'm getting ready to let go is my voice. So I'm praying to God that I don't do that today. So, man, I'm excited that you guys are worshiping with us today, even on just a, a wonderful day like this. In fact, here's what I want to do, though. There's a team that came out and they braved the elements. And it was the hospitality and host team. Can we give it a big round of applause for those guys for coming out on a snowy day? And the teardown team will have even, even more fun, won't they, Pastor Sean? <laughs> we'll make sure they make it through, though. So as Pastor Sean talked about, we're in the middle of a series called Traveling Light. We're letting go of things. And we've talked about letting go of distractions and letting go of bitterness. And Pastor Sean's really just led us and shown us what, what that does in our lives when we don't let those things go. So today we're going to talk about another burden, a burden that affects so many of us. And uh, I, count, I count myself on that number. And that burden is called pride. So when we think about pride, though, pride is this weird thing because some, some aspects of pride aren't bad, right? It's good to have pride in the sense of self-dignity, self-respect. You did a job well. There's nothing wrong with having pride on that. But what we're going to focus in and talk about today is pride that exhibits and comes out in other ways like conceit or arrogance or selfishness or fear or anger. I'm sure nobody here ever has any of those issues, do they? You guys all good? Yeah, that's right. I'm preaching. I'm just preaching to me and Pastor Sean today, right, Diane? There we go. So here's the thing about pride, though. Oftentimes we don't see it coming, and it sneaks in the back door. And here's the important part, and here's really where I want to drive home for you guys today. It is important for all of your guys' lives, because in real life, we look at each person here as a leader. And a lot of you will say, no, I'm not a leader. I just, I, you know, I do this, I do that. No, you are a leader. God has called you to do something great in your life. He has a radical purpose for you. And here's the thing about pride. Leadership and pride, it's a dangerous combination, and it's often volatile, and it doesn't work out well. In fact, John Maxwell has this quote I want to read you guys. If you don't know who John Maxwell is, he's a great leadership guru. And he says this about leadership and pride. He says, leaders who fail to prune pride will meet their demise. That's not a guess. It's a guarantee. With pride, it's not a matter if we fall, but when. And there are no exceptions. So pride is a weight that none of us should burden ourselves with, that we should not carry. Listen to Pastor Sean the last couple of weeks. One of the things, we, you know, the, obviously the analogy is we let things go that are weighing us down and keeping us back. And I, oftentimes we've talked about, or I've talked about, one of my favorite things I love to do with some of the guys that, that go here is we love to mountain bike. So when I was listening to Pastor Sean talk about letting things go that weigh us down, I was thinking about a post one time I saw on Facebook. And this guy came on and said, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. I want to get this part for my bike, some handlebars and a crank and some new wheels. And it was all just to let go of weight. And he was going to save like maybe a pound of weight but it's going to cost him like $1,000. So somebody else comes along and they ask this question. What if you saved that money and just lost five pounds of body fat? I'm like, <laughs> and it was true, right? Why would you spend $1,000 when you can just save, save the money and just get rid of something that is good for you to get rid of anyway? And so I didn't appreciate Robert Robson calling me out like that, but I took his advice to heart and I started losing some of that weight instead of spending that money. But it's like that, you know, and here's the question I want to ask us today, you and me included. I want to ask you, what if? Because what if is an important question to ask. What if the biggest thing that is stalking you and going to take you out isn't some huge sin waiting in, in limbo or in the pride around the corner, just something massive like murdering somebody or cheating on your spouse? Maybe, maybe that's not what's attacking you. But maybe what, what if the biggest threat in your life is something that seems small, seems innocent, it seems normal. It seems even good sometimes. It, it, it looks good, almost like a happy clown. You guys like happy clowns? 
And Drew, can you give us a happy clown up there? Now, personally, I don't like happy clowns, but we don't have one yet. Drew's not a clown. No, no clown, Drew? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I had this cute little clown play. But picture, picture a picture of a clown like Bozo or something like that. Everybody loves a clown, right? No, nobody loves Bozo. Well, here's the thing. Well, what if, what if that thing that we let in that we think is innocent and happy like a clown really isn't? What if behind that painted smile is something that's more sinister, more deadly? What if that thing that we let into our life that we think is happy and innocent is really a thief, a liar, a killer? Maybe it's more like Pennywise. You guys know Pennywise the Clown? Yeah, right? You guys seen the movie It? You got the big teeth. Maybe it's a good thing we don't have that picture. I'd be crying up here. But maybe we let something in our life that is more like that. Maybe it's that clown that we, we thought was happy and it was good. And it's really not. And it's looking to kill us. And what if it's a matter of time that that happens? Maybe it hasn't happened yet. But maybe it is just a simple matter of time before that happens. And pride's like that. Pride is a serial killer. Pride is something that we let into our lives. We think it's good. And we don't think it's such a bad thing. And ultimately, it comes around to bite us and puts a knife in our back. It puts a knife in our souls. And here's the thing about pride. And as I was preparing this message, I'm, I'm known as a prideful person a little bit. So this is a little bit like uh, me preaching on pride is a little bit like Hugh Hefner preaching on promiscuity. You know, it doesn't really fit. But here's the thing. I've seen it in my own life. And so what I, I'm drawing from are things that I've done or I've experienced. And so this is why I'm going to come at it this way. And I remember one instance in my life. I had a situation where I had a family member just, just, just attack me. And they yelled at me, and they were screaming at me, and they were calling me every name in the book. And it was completely unjustified. It really was in this situation. And it wasn't Christie's. It was somebody else. <laughs> but they just, they just wouldn't let go. And so I walked away from that conversation. I said, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even going to have this conversation with you. And I walked away. What did I think when I walked away? I, I'm the bigger person, right? And so I did really the right thing in that situation because I wasn't going to fix it then. But I walked away and I said, hey, I'm the bigger person. I'm better than they are. And so what did I do? I didn't deal with it. I let it go. I pushed them off to the side. And not only did I do that, I started thinking about what they said more and more and more. And the more I thought about it, the more upset I got. And I just started thinking, they are just such a piece of crap. I'm a way better person than they are. I am, I am nowhere near that, you know, that level of that person. So here's what I did. My pride started sneaking in. And so what I started doing was I started bad-mouthing behind the scenes, and I started manipulating people to get them on my side. You know, do you know what this person said? Do you know what this person did? And it wasn't long before that relationship was basically ruined for a long time. And it was simply because, yeah, they started it, but I finished it. And I finished it because I thought that was my right. That's who I was. That's what I was supposed to do. And here's the question. How was I so easily deceived? And it was pride. And it seemed so easy, and it let it in, and it was very natural, but it ended up destroying so many things in my life for a long time. So here's the thing. So how do you, how do you know when you're being deceived, or how do you stop that? And Jesus has an easy answer for us, and it's in John 8. And he says this, to the Jews that had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching and you really are my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here's Jesus, and he's talking to the Jews. And he says, hey, if you will stay with me, if you will abide, if you will follow me and you become my disciples, you will know the truth. And repeat with me, what does the truth do? It sets you free, doesn't it? So here's the thing. 
when we spend time with Jesus and we abide with him, we know the truth. And that's what starts to set us free. And that sounds easy and that sounds good. But here's the reality. It's not natural for us. It's not something that we naturally like to do. It's a little bit like you guys ever, you guys ever hang out and uh, watch Netflix too much and you're in a dark room all day long and then you walk outside and the sun's shining and it's bright. What happens? Hurts your eyes, doesn't it? It's painful. You close them, you squint. It's not comfortable. Well, hanging out with Jesus is a little bit like that because he wants to shine a light on the things that he wants to change in our life, like pride. But what happens is when Jesus does that, we're like, oh, that hurts. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to run because I don't want to listen to that. As we do that in our lives, Jesus tells us, hang out, just abide, just stay with us. Stay with me and listen, and I will set you free to something that's great in your life. And Jesus is ready to do that. Jesus is ready to do that today for all of us, and he wants to shine that light on our lives. So here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus deals with so many issues in the Gospels, and he lets people know, here's what you should do, here's what you shouldn't do, and pride's no exception. He has a, several great stories about it. And here's the one I want to look at today, and it's in, it's in uh, Luke chapter 10. And here's what I want you to focus on on pride. It has two major components that we're going to look through through this story that Jesus tells. And so if you don't know this story, it's, it's, a, it's a really popular one. It's a really famous one. And so in verse 25, it says this. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And he says, teacher. And here's an expert in the law. He goes to Jesus and he gives him some respect. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, when you, at face value, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a legitimate question. But here's what's interesting to me, and here's what, I, what I, I started to think about. This guy's an expert, and he asked a stupid question. And yes, they do exist. Stupid questions are out there. And I don't care what your teachers told you. They do exist. Because I've asked, yeah, there we go, Adam, because I've asked plenty of them in my life. Well, why was this a dumb question? Well, here's the thing. You don't earn an inheritance, do you? You just don't. The person that dies that leaves something for you, they did something, but you didn't do anything. Inheritance is a little bit like being born. You don't earn being born, do you? No, you're not sitting in, a, in the hospital room being, you know, in, in, your, in, your, in, your mom's, uh, in your mom's belly. And they don't take a vote. Oh, little Johnny's done enough to be born, right? That's not how it works. You don't do anything. You're like, oh, no, I earned being born. You're like, no, you didn't. Your parents did all the work. Well, your dad did a little bit. But your mom did all the hard work, right? And that's the truth. But you didn't do anything and you were given life. And that's called grace. We don't inherit that. We don't deserve it. We're given that. <laughs> so he comes back. And Jesus asks, he, he, asks the, uh, he asks the expert. He doesn't call him stupid, but he knows that there's something going on in this expert's life. So it's more than just the question. There's an attitude here. There's something in the expert's life that Jesus wants to deal with, and it's pride. So he asks the expert, he says, well, what, is, what, is, what does the law say? And all he means is, what, is the, what does the Bible say? How do you inherit, inherit eternal life? How do you understand it? And so the, the expert comes up, and he, he, gives him a great, he gives him a great answer. And in verse 27, he answers this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he's an expert of law, and he's quoting Deuteronomy. He's quoting part of the law. So he gave the right answer, and Jesus tells him this. He says, you're right. Now go do that and live. So I can see myself in that situation of being the expert. What would, you know, hey, Jesus gave me, he said, yeah, you got the right answer. What are, what are you going to be doing? 
Yeah, I have it all. I know I'm smart, right? I'm an expert. What is that? That's pride. But Jesus really was pushing home a point here. And the guy just didn't pick up on it a little bit. He didn't pick up on it at all. What's, really, what's Jesus really saying here? Live perfectly and go do all that. What does that mean? It says, love God with all your heart. Can you do that? If you could do that, then you're perfect. <clears throat> love your wife when she interrupts you and you're trying to watch a football game, right? Perfectly. Don't get mad. <laughs> Come on now. Preach that. We're, we're, we're talking in the house now. Hey, love your husband when he doesn't take the trash out after you've asked him eight times, right? You love him perfectly even in that situation. Love your kids when they don't listen. Love your parents when they don't listen. 100%, not 5 out of 10, 100 out of 100. Love your boss that didn't give you the raise that you deserved this year. Love the guy that cut you off in traffic and you wanted to give the finger, but you didn't. Can you love all those people perfectly? 100% all the time? Jesus says, yeah, if you can do that, and you can do that perfectly 100% all the time, guess what? You're perfect. You'll have an, you'll have an eternal life. You made it. But what's Jesus really saying? The insinuation on the backside is like, good luck. Can you do that? Can you pull that off? We can't, can we? But the pride, the pride of the expert is still kicking in here. And what does he do? <clears throat> he skips over the whole loving God perfectly thing. He's like, ah, I got that. I'm an expert in law. I have this all figured out. That's pride. And he asks another question, though. He goes to this and says, well, who's my neighbor? What's he really wanting to know? <clears throat> He's trying to justify himself because of what? Pride. Who do I have to love? Do I have to love this group and this group too? So what does Jesus do? I, I love how Jesus interacts with people because most of us, including myself, I just say, all right, A, B, C, one, two, three, you're an idiot, you're an expert. How do you not know this? Jesus does that, or doesn't do that. He comes in with a story. And here's where I want to pick up in verse 30. In reply, Jesus says, a man was going down to Jerusalem from Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away. And they left this guy half dead. So here's what you need to know. I'm going to give you a short little history lesson. So Jerusalem was a, the main area, the main capital, however you guys want to look at it, is where the temple was at. The elevation of Jerusalem was like 2,600 feet above sea level. Jericho was 17 miles away. <clears throat> Downhill, 800 feet below sea level. And the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and it was brutal. It was bad. What are some of the bad streets you guys think of Kansas City? Troost, Truman, Paseo, Quindaro. Those streets don't have anything on this path from Jerusalem to Jericho. So this guy's taken off, and he's a Jewish guy, and he's walking from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho, and he gets beat up, attacked, and robbed, and, and almost killed. What's the question that comes to mind? What was this guy thinking? He deserves what he got. I told him not to go there by himself. Those are all things that would be natural questions or natural reactions. Man, I'm better than that guy. Pride kicks in again. But don't worry, it helps on the way. Verse 31, pick this back up with me. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, he passed on the other side. So the guy's all beaten up and broken down. He's on that side. These two guys went on this side. Another short history lesson. You guys know who a priest and Levites are? A priest is a paid Levite. <clears throat> He's like a pastor. He gets paid to do religious stuff, right? He's the guy that you would think would stop and help him. He gets paid to do that kind of thing. He loves God. He worships him. He's, in fact, he's probably coming back from the temple. Well, same thing with the Levite. He's not paid, but he's a really religious guy. 
He's almost like, he would be like a dream team member. He would be like somebody working back in the kids' room with all our lovely kids, right? Man, they love Jesus so much. They're back there volunteering and they're loving on the kids, wiping butts, taking care of all that stuff. Man, they love God. They're doing everything they can to serve him. But this same guy, he's a religious guy. He's coming back from the temple probably as well. And they're really religious. Can you guys imagine taking this 34-mile round trip just to go to the temple? Can you guys imagine 34 miles every Sunday just to come to church? Walking. A lot of us aren't that dedicated, are they? So he, these guys were dedicated. And, and yet, they saw a need. They saw somebody, they saw a brother, another Jew, on the side of the road beaten and broken down. And they walked on the other side for various reasons. They didn't want to be contaminated. They didn't want to be, they didn't want to be defiled. <clears throat> Sorry, I might have to get a drink. Amen. Amen. There we go. Thanks, Adam. <clears throat> so here's the thing. You, <laughs> He's praying for me. You may have to come lay hands on me. <clears throat> so you have the two religious guys, and they walk by on their side. Well, here's where the story, here's where the plot thickens. So we have another, a third person come by, and he's a Samaritan. And here's what you have to know, because this makes the story so much more important, and this is really where it brings it home. If you don't know what a Samaritan is, a Samaritan was a group of people that lived basically in the middle of Israel. And that particular portion of Israel had been invaded several year, hundred years before this particular time of Jesus. And what happened was when the invaders came in, they intermarried. And so in, in the Jews' eyes that hadn't been conquered and invaded, they looked at this group called the Samaritans, and they looked like down on them. They called them half-breeds. They were so racist. They hated the Samaritans. In fact, there were sayings like, it was better to be a dog than a Samaritan. It's crazy what they looked like and how they looked down on them. <clears throat> To give you some context, it would be a little bit similar to how the Nazis looked at Jews in Europe in the 30s and 40s. That's, that's the amount of hate that the Jews had for the Samaritans. Well, here's the cool thing. Jesus didn't pick this example by accident. He didn't just pick the Samaritans out of, a, out of the hat. He has a purpose here. He has a reason. And we'll see really quickly what that is. So follow along with me as we think about this. <clears throat> The Samaritan, as he traveled, this is 30, I'm sorry, 33, he traveled and he came where the man was, where the guy that was beaten and broken down was. And he took pity on him and he went and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him. Then he put the man on his donkey, threw him in his car and took him to the hospital, the inn, brought him to the inn, took care of him. Then the next day, the next day, he stayed with him overnight. The next day he pulls out two denarii and gives it to the innkeeper. Denarii are a day's wages. So he gave this guy, the innkeeper, two days' wages it says, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So here's the second thing about pride. The first, pride, the first thing about pride is, is that we overlook it, and we don't see it coming. And we look through, and we think we have it all figured out. Well, here's the second thing with pride. Pride is driven by arrogance. <clears throat> it's driven by fear. It's driven by superiority. So Jesus gets done telling this story, and he's looking, and he knows the heart of the expert. Story's done. Test time, Mr. Expert. So your question was, who's my neighbor? Well, Jesus is starting to drive home the point of the important question is, is not who's your neighbor, but what does a neighbor do? And the expert wasn't ready for that. So he asked him, so who's your neighbor? And the expert replies back and says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. The one who had mercy on him. 
the one that didn't have pride, the one that didn't walk by the person in need, the one that put his needs behind what somebody else needed. And here's the, here's the cool thing. Here's the thing about mercy. When you give mercy out, it's the application of grace, what we talked about earlier, the giving of life. Grace is that free forgiveness that God gives us. And that's the important thing. <clears throat> and so when we walk through life and we're called to do something, have you ever helped somebody? It's a good feeling. But the more important thing is it should be a reminder of we do something for somebody else because God has done so much for us. Or how about, have you withheld judgment and given forgiveness to somebody that maybe didn't deserve it? Well, it's a good reminder that we're in that same boat with God. God has given us so much forgiveness and so much grace. Whenever we do something like that, that we, that, that we you know, we're not necessarily obligated to do. And that person may not deserve it. We're a reflection of God. So the question becomes, who is my neighbor? And the question becomes is, how far does that go? Because that's really where the guy was coming from. That's where the expert was coming from. Who's my neighbor? And we want to know, well, do I have to do this or do I have to do that? <clears throat> and so this is where the rubber hits the road for all of us in here. And this is where Jesus is going to start shining a light down on our lives. And this is the point where maybe we're going to try to squint. We're going to try to close our eyes a little bit. And we want to walk away. And Jesus is calling us at this point, hang in there. Just, just listen, stay with me for a little bit. That line that the expert was asking about, is this my neighbor or is this my, my neighbor over here? Who is that? Jesus completely destroys that with the story of the Samaritan. So Jesus tells us, yeah, there is a line. There's a line right here. And on this side, <clears throat> we'll do everything and anything for everyone that we can within our, within our ability. But on this side of the line, that's not the case. Oh, I love my family and friends, so I'll do something for them. But I'm, that's a stranger. I'm not going to do anything for them. Where these people, they have, they, have the, they have the same religious beliefs that I do. So I'll help them, but that person, they don't share my faith, so I'm not going to help them. Or maybe the line is, whatever you want to put there. Values are different. Beliefs are different. Till far enough we get on this side, and we won't do anything for anybody. God is calling us to be on one side of the line or the other, and it's not on this side. The line that Jesus was on was a cross, and, and Pastor Sean did a great job last week by using that fence. It's a reminder that there is a line here already, and he calls us to, to crucify our, our, our wants, our needs, our burdens on that cross and find that line. So wherever you find yourself in relation to that line, and here's where I really want to push, <clears throat> is a reflection of what you and I really believe about God and what he's done in our lives. Because we'll all find ourselves at some point in this area. Do we find ourselves over here where we're available for whatever God calls us to do? Or do we get to a point right here and say, I'll do this, but no more. Or I'll do this and I'll help her, but not him. Would well, you guys want to know what the any point on this side of this line is? It's called pride. Because we're telling God that they're not worthy. They hurt me. <clears throat> they, don't deserve, they don't deserve my care. I don't even know them. And it's point of pride. Because we're not willing to stick, step out and sacrifice the way that God sacrificed for ourselves. One of the things I love at Real Life <clears throat> is this, is that we have this value, this saying. 
is that we don't draw lines to keep people out, but we walk across the lines to bring people in. And that's what, that's what we want to be known as here. We want to be known as the, as the people, the church, the individuals that will cross a line, no matter what it looks like, to help somebody else. And so we cross those lines to build a, a pantry or a clothing closet. <clears throat> we cross that line to help a, another church that's launching down on truth. We cross that line and God calls us to do that over and over again because these are opportunities to make a difference in this world, to bring God's kingdom to, to the people that don't even know that he's a king. So we think, about, <clears throat> we think about where that line is for us and how much God loves us. And here's the thing, and, and we'll finish up through here. This isn't a call out. This isn't, this isn't just a beat down because I want something great for you guys. I want something great for myself, for my family. But when we have the burden of pride that just destroys us and, and, and just weighs us down, we miss so many opportunities and we come up so short of what God has given us. And God has given us a, a God-sized dream. And when we, when we lean on pride and we carry that with us, we're trading our pride for something that we could have had. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of, of several things, but as I look back in my life, I've, I've grown up in church and I've just had so many people pour into my life, so many people that have helped me along the way. And I think of three particular men in, in, uh, as, I, as I go through this story, and they probably made a bigger impact on my life than almost anybody. And everything they did from times in my life where I was struggling and I was searching, they made a difference. <clears throat> they really did. Again, I wouldn't be the person I am without, without those guys. But here's what happened. <clears throat> In each three of these guys' lives, something came along. And the only thing that I can chalk it up to is pride. And they got to a, they got to a, a line in their life and they said, hey, God, I, you know, maybe that's what you want, but I'm not willing to do that. They found a point that they settled on and they wouldn't go any further. And each one of those guys <clears throat> had pride in their life and it manifested itself in different ways. There was sexual immorality. There was <clears throat> arrogance, fear, indifference. It, all, it all, all manifested itself in different ways, but it all had the same result. Because there was a cost involved when, when we found that point of pride and they found that point of pride and, and they wouldn't leave it. They lost marriages. They lost relationships. <clears throat> they lost entire ministries. As, as I think about through those men's lives, that it just completely impacted me. I don't stand up here in contempt and anger, but I know for a fact that God has allowed me to see what happened in their lives. And it's like a stop sign. It's a warning sign, right? Pride, pride isn't something simple. It isn't this happy clown. It isn't something that we should play with. It isn't something we should just allow in our lives because it will ultimately destroy us. Because I know this, and I know their hearts, and I know their characters and who they were. And I know if pride can get those guys, it could get me. It could get you as well. Is it worth losing a legacy? Is it worth trading what God has called us to have? I really don't think it is. And so as you guys examine your own hearts, and you think about what you have and what God has called you to do, I really wanna encourage you because God has a legacy for your life not one that will affect only you, but it will affect your family. It will affect the generations after you. It will affect the generations that this church touches. But if we stay on this point of pride and we won't cross that line, we're giving it all up. 
what are we giving up for? A temporary satisfaction. Something that we think is good. Something that we think isn't that bad. The burden of pride is so heavy. And and I don't know where all these guys are at with where they're at. They're all still struggling at some level. But I know if they were honest with us and honest with me, they would say, hey, if I could go back, I would change. I wouldn't do that. And again, it wasn't one major thing that they could point to and say, hey, here's where it was. I really don't think that's the case. I think it was pride because they knew better than anybody else that was trying to speak truth in their life. Because there was people, there was men that would, would come and say, hey, is this really the best thing for you? Is this really what God's calling you to do? And it wasn't, but they couldn't hear it because of pride. So pride is that burden. Let's start traveling lighter today. I don't know what that, I don't know what that pride looks like in your life. I know what it looks like in mine. And I know it's not going to be the same as what yours is. Letting go of pride will change things. You'll, you'll restart. You can have a legacy starting now, even if you've messed up in the past, because we've all messed up. We've all been at a point where, man, I wish I could go back. Well, we can't, but we can change and we can let things go today. This is where God's calling us. God's calling you. You may be, maybe the enemy's listen, you know, whispering in your ear, hey, that sounds good, that sounds easy, but he doesn't know your life. He doesn't know what you've been through. He doesn't know what you've suffered. And I know one thing is that when, when I'm talking about somebody that we should forgive, somebody we should help, there's somebody that you're thinking of right now. And I don't know who that is, but there's somebody you're thinking of right now. Not in the past, not someday, right now. So are we willing to let God shine that light on our lives and not squint and not run away? Are we, are we willing to allow God just to make a huge difference and cross that line and be on the boundary of the cross and say, hey, I'll sacrifice for you. God has sacrificed for me. Because the enemy is going to whisper in your ear and say, you can't do this. It's not that important. And who will be my encouragement for you? Don't listen to the enemy. Because it may not happen this hour. It may not happen today. It may not happen. It may take a week. But I want to encourage you. We've given Satan, we've given the enemy so much time, so many resources in our life. Give God the same amount of time that we've given the enemy to destroy it. Give God the same amount of time that we've given pride just to destroy our lives. And again, the things that God has for you are so great. They're so magnificent, we can't even imagine what they are. And you probably won't even on this side of eternity. But I see other men in my life that have, have taken that, that, that stop and they've gotten rid of pride in their lives. <clears throat> and it's been amazing to see how God just uses them. And I look at this church and <clears throat> most of us here have come from situations where we've been burned and we've been hurt. But we get rid of those distractions. We get rid of those bitterness. Let's get rid of the pride as well. And let's do something great for God that I know that he's calling us all to do. Let's pray. Father, I want to come before you and just lift up just these awesome, wonderful people here, Lord. Lord, I just pray, I pray for each one of them. I know that you have, I know you have a magnificent, great, radical purpose for their lives. So maybe you guys were, as you guys were listening today, you thought of somebody or you thought of something that was holding you back in addiction or a broken relationship that you're just, it, up till now, you're not willing, you're not willing to uh, address it and give it up because you were right. 
today's the day that I want to pray for you. Is pride, is pride holding you back? Have you, picked, have you picked a point on the other side of the cross that says, hey, that person's not worthy of forgiveness or interaction or love? Is there anybody here? I would, I would love to pray for anybody here who's struggling with any type of issue. So if you're struggling with any type of issue of pride or something that you need to let go or something you need to be reconciled to, can I pray for you? If you just raise your hand, take this opportunity. Father, I just want to lift up each person here that raised their hand. I don't know the situation. Only, God, only you do, Lord. And I, I can't even imagine the hurt and the, and the anguish that may be involved in that relationship or that, or that addiction or, that, or just that loss. Lord, I pray for each person here that raised their hand just to take that pride away. Help them to be, be cognizant that, yeah, it's not easy to see. And it's driven by arrogance as well. God, I just pray that you break their hearts and just give them an opportunity just to have a fresh start and find that spot in their life where they can just hit, hit restart and just come, come before that person or fix that situation and just say, hey, I'm going to give this to God. There's so many of us that have come to a point in our lives where the first point of pride that we have to get through is, is the one that says, hey, I can make it through life on my own. I don't need God. Maybe somebody in here is at that point right now that they haven't even acknowledged that they have an issue at all. They're blind. You don't know that you need God. And I'm telling you right now today that that's pride. Saying that you can make it through the world on your own without the person that created you. You were called to something great. You were called to do something great. You are something magnificent. You are creation in, in God. And Jesus sacrificed everything to make that happen. Jesus, if any person that ever lived could have had more pride than anybody, he's the creator of the universe. And we take that lightly. The universe, every last molecule that exists came into being on his word. And what did he do? He let all that go. He put, he put the trappings of heaven behind him. And he stepped down into this, this, this place called earth. And he stepped into, into history for one purpose. And that purpose is to reconcile us to God. So if, if you're in a spot where you're ready to let go of your pride and, and, and let God do something great in your life, I, would, I won't call you out. I just want to pray for you. Is there anybody here that is at a spot where, yeah, God, I'm, re I'm, I'm ready to let go of what's been holding me back between me and you. I'm ready to let go of that pride. If there's anybody here, I would love just to pray with you. You can raise your hand. <coughs> if anybody finds himself in that situation and you have pride that you're ready to let go of, pray along and pray with me something like this. Father, I come before you. I recognize that I don't have it all put together. I've sinned. I've come up short. I can't save myself. And God, I'm ready for you to shine that light in my life. Lord, I want to give my being, my life to you and follow you in everything that you've called me to do. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for saving me. God, give me a life that is reflective of what you want me to be. Amen. Can we give it for everybody that has come to God this morning? Wow, what an incredible.